You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black editor and publisher of BC Bulletin, and your host for this show. Locked on Boston College is a daily podcast that talks all about Boston College. If you're a fan of the Eagles, this is the place to be. In today's episode, we are going to talk about basketball and football, the two big topics I feel like that are on this show. We have news to get into. We're going to also have Graham Marsh, uh, writer for the All Gators website, here to talk about Thursday's game, against the Florida Gators. And we're going to talk about Phil Jerkovic and give you some injury news and updates. First of all, some breaking news. I don't have any music for that, but we'll talk about some breaking news. Boston College Football landed a commitment on Tuesday night from Bryce Steele, a linebacker slash safety out of North Carolina. Steele is a four-star recruit. Yay, another big recruit for the Eagles who will be a big-time get for Boston College. He was previously committed to South Carolina, which we talked about on this show, and he has the speed of a safety and the the body of a linebacker, which is exactly what Boston College needs after losing Trevin Wallace to decommitment earlier this week. And he's going to give Jeff Halfley that kind of defender that he's going to need to build his defense around. So Boston College plays a lot of 4-2-5 defense, which is four down linemen, two linebackers, five safeties. Steele will be perfect in that because he can move around. He can do what Jamin Muse does. He can play linebacker. It'll give Jeff Halfley a lot of flexibility to be uh, creative with what he can do with it. So where did Steele come from? He is out of North Carolina, actually, right now. But he originally played at Alexandria, Episcopal call, uh, High School, excuse me, in Virginia. And where does that name sound familiar? Well, if you looked at the 2021 recruiting class, Emmett Moorhead, our quarterback that we landed, also plays there. They were actually roommates at the sporting school. So the two of them know each other. I don't know how much of a factor that came in, but they both seemed pretty happy about it when Steele announced on Twitter. So Steele originally committed to South Carolina. He decommitted after the Gamecocks fired Wilt Muschamp, and it came down to Boston College, NC State, and he said uh, Michigan State and Texas in his uh, his video. I had heard the final two really were between Boston College and NC State, and in the end, he picked Boston College. So it was a big get for the Eagles. You know, a four-star right up there with Trevin Wallace. I don't know if he'll have as high as an upside as Trevin Wallace, but it's still a very attractive get for the Eagles. So... Let's read. I have. I wanted to give you his scouting his scouting report, uh, given by SI All American. So let's look at his athleticism. He runs well and under control, faster than quick, but gets to top speed in a hurry with speed to power conversion upon contact. Reported 4.55 second 40 yard ta- time dash isn't far off on sophomore tape. Varsity basketball player who looks to have rebounded from injury that cost him the 2019 football season. Now, I want to give you the bottom line because I think this is where you can really see why Bryce Steele is going to be a perfect get for Boston College. Here's what what the guys at SI All-American say. 
Steele is a hybrid defender with some safety and linebacker traits that will keep him on the field for all three downs. He has the frame to fully commit to playing linebacker in college with nickel traits as an additional pass rusher, zone cover man, or quarterback spy. Fast enough to dabble in secondary with good quickness and straight line speed. Assuming he returns to full health after his injury, this is an SEC defender offenses will have to make mark pre-snap. Multi-year starter potential with all-conference upside. That's for the SEC that he has this for. And what stuck out with me on that bottom line was his ability to quarterback spy. I just think back to Saturday's game when uh, Malik Cunningham, they spied him for most of that game with Max Richardson. And it didn't make a difference because he didn't have the speed to stop Malik Cunningham. Now, you get a guy like Bryce Bryce, Bryce Steele to, to play that position, it's a different ball game. You got a guy with 4.55 speed at linebacker, and he's going to be able to, to, to be able to hopefully slow down a, a Malik Cunningham. I think it's a big thing. And also, how exciting is it to see that he has SEC potential and all conference potential? That's a big deal for Boston College. It's a good get. And the good news isn't stopping there. So we have Bryce Steele coming in. The first news of the day. The other news, George Rooks, I know a lot of you have been asking about him. He's a four-star defensive tackle out of New Jersey. He plays at St. Peter's. He had been down to Boston College, Michigan, and Penn State. And I had been saying, Penn State and Michigan ain't looking too good <laughs> because the way they've been playing on the field. Well, I, the first crystal ball on 247 Sports came in for Boston College. Now, it wasn't a big crystal ball in terms of um, confidence rating. It was only a five, but Tom Loy of the Notre Dame site picked Boston College. So that's interesting. I've heard a lot that Boston College is really heavy on him. So it's a four-star recruit. That would be intense to have a four-star defensive tackle, a four-star linebacker, a four-star cornerback. Halfley's putting together a four-star defense. How, how incredible is that? In one year, in half a recruiting cycle, Jeff Halfley is going to put together a four-star defense right away. Now, the news in the recruiting trail isn't all good, and that's okay because if BC's battling the big boys for recruits, you're playing the game, you're going to lose recruits, and that's okay. You can live with that. I mean, if you're going to lose a Trevin Wallace and gain a Bryce Steele, you know, it stinks, but that's part of the game. And the next news is probably going to land in that negative realm. And that's Andre Porter possibly flipping. And I've heard it could be Maryland or Minnesota, probably going to be Maryland. And that's bad. Uh, but if you get if you get Rooks, it could be a good thing. You know, Andre Porter is a uh, he's a freak of an athlete. And if you've watched any of his high school film, you know, he, he's he's running like a running back out there. It would be nice to bring him in. But he's been a kid that's kind of seemingly uh, keeping his eyes elsewhere. So he could be leaving. So keep your eyes open on that one. You keep your fingers crossed that he doesn't go there. But, you know, if you land a George Rooks, you'll live with that. And on top of that, I want to give you a little hint to keep an eye on. Avante Dickerson was a name that Boston College was in on early. Another high four-star recruit. Almost as high as Clinton Burton Jr. I think he might even be higher than him. Uh, he committed to Minnesota, and all of a sudden, he is no longer uh, going to early enroll. He took out of his Twitter profile that he's uh, going to Minnesota as a commit. You know, the Minnesota boards are all freaking out that he's leaving. Boston College was in really good shape with him at one point. 
could they sneak in and grab him and give themselves another high four-star defensive back? Who knows? But it could be someone to watch. And that's the fun of recruiting. You never know what's going to happen next. So keep your eyes open for Avante Dickerson out of Minnesota. He's a name you want to watch. In a moment, we're going to talk to Graham Marsh about the Florida-Boston College basketball game on Thursday. We're going to get an in-depth interview about the Gators, where they're at, what expectations the school has going into the season, and what we could expect out of the Gators on Thursday. But before we do, I want to talk about Coors Light. Coors Light is the perfect beer when you need to chill. And for all of us, we're always go, 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 go. It's the middle of the holidays. You have work, family, friends, a million pressing issues. Sometimes you're just on 24-7. And that's the moment when you need to hit reset and chill. And that's when I grab for Coors Light. Now, it's the middle of the week. But guess what? NFL football is on tonight. And I don't care what game it is. I have some fantasy players on there. I'm going to crack a nice cold Coors Light and watch because Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now, let's talk about Built Bar. If you are like me, you want to watch what you eat. Because it's after the holidays. We had turkey and stuffing and pie and pie and more pie. Now it's the time to kind of watch what you're eating and eat something nutritious, but also delicious. And Built Bar is where I'm going to go to keep my eye on what I'm eating. They have 18, I'm not kidding you, 18 flavors. And listen to some of these options they have. Peanut butter brownie, German chocolate, coconut almond, cookies and cream, caramel brownie. Bars are covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're perfect for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Now that's what we need right now. A nice, delicious treat that's also good for you. Now listen to what the flavor profile is on my favorite cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams net carbs. So you're basically getting like a candy bar but with 130 calories and 17 grams of protein. How do you beat that? You can't, okay? You just can't. Now, Built Bar has a special promo that they want to give to you. With purchase, you can get a free cooler while supplies last. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. With me, I have Graham Marsh of SI's All Gators, and he is here to talk about Thursday's game between Boston College and Florida. Graham, how's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. So it's, you know, with COVID, the the seasons for both sports, football and, and basketball, seem so wonky. You got teams like Boston College and football that have nine games played. And then you have 
you know, Utah, who's played two games. And the same thing is happening in basketball. Boston College has already played three games. Florida hasn't played one yet. And they're going to start off against Army on Wednesday. But BC will be their second game. Graham, what, what, is, what is the, um, you know, the situation going on with Florida? How are they feeling about the season? Uh, what's the expectations? What are you, what are you hearing about uh, the Gators going into the upcoming year? So uh, really quickly. Um, yeah. I mean, wonky would be the word if the, if there is a word <laughs> to describe this year. Um, and, and honestly, I think something that's going to be really interesting heading into basketball as we kind of start to really ramp up here is it, it'll be a little different from football in terms of the numbers, because in football, you know, you could have, you know, maybe five, six guys test positive and still be able to go out and play. And that's not the case in basketball. You, you got five, six guys out, you, that you got half your team out. So um, as far as numbers, that's going to be really interesting to continue to track. Again, Florida, three scheduled games against UMass, Lowell, Virginia, and Oklahoma, all been canceled already. Haven't even played a game yet. So um, that, that's going to be really, really, I think, weird and in some ways fun, in some ways terrible. It, it's going to be a, a crazy basketball season. Um, that said, uh, the Gators, yeah. So uh, I covered this team last year, and um, I'll be covering them again, obviously. Um, basically, the last year uh, I'll, I'll tell you aj last year was such a disappointment yep. um in gainesville because it, you know I, I don't know if you remember but florida was the preseason number six team going into the season last year um florida was supposed to make a whole lot of noise they had gotten carrie black's year uh grad transfer in the offseason um andrew nemhart keontae johnson were coming into their second season scotty lewis was coming in trey man was coming in two mcdonald's all americans it was supposed to be a big time year in gainesville it, and it just wasn't um at times they would make you think they're a final four team at times they would make you think they're not tournament worthy um so i think the big word there's two really big words heading into this season the first one is going to be consistency yep. um i think you know, I've said this before covering this beat. Um, I've covered a bunch of other sports for the Gators before. Um, I've covered a whole lot of different things. And Florida men's basketball is by far the hardest beat to cover throughout the season in terms of getting a narrative on how good the team is. I, I can legitimately watch them play 20 games and have no idea how good they are. And it's because they're just a roller coaster. They're just up and down and up and down. You have no idea where their stock is at any given time. So I think the biggest thing that Florida fans are going to want this year is, is a little more consistency. Um, try to try to raise the floor a little bit and uh, the ceiling should still be high. Um, and then the other word this year in terms of more of on, on the court is going to be tempo. Um, Florida has played, Florida played a really slow pace of basketball last year. Yep. Um, you had kind of this weird balance of power with your bet with your four best players Um between Scotty Lewis and Keontae Johnson, you had two elite athletes that wanted to make the game a track meet. And then with Andrew Nemhard running the point guard and Kerry Blackshear playing center, you had two guys that wanted to play really slow half-court basketball. So it just didn't work because you didn't have your top guys right. on the same page. Um, this year, uh, Andrew Nemhard has transferred to Gonzaga and Kerry Blackshear is gone to graduation. So you the hope is this year that, that, that they do play really fast so, so the, the other word I'm saying is tempo um, I think that for the Gators to be better this year they're going to have to play much better defensively and that's going to lead to a lot of transition buckets and they need to turn a lot of games into track meets 
Um, yeah, so, so that's what I'd say. That okay. I'd say that's kind of the vibe in Gainesville overall. Okay. So, yeah, well, it was interesting you brought up pace because I was looking up, you know, the Gators and what, what happened last year. And every preview I saw was tempo. And it was, you know, the tempo of the last year was so far – it was so different for Florida compared to the past, you know, years under your coach. Now, looking at, you know, Florida is a school that always seems to bring in – you were, you, you know, you mentioned all uh, McDonald's, all Americans, you know, when you're playing against a school like Boston college, we don't get those kind of players. Uh, <laughs> what, what are some, uh, who are some of the new faces we're going to see on uh, Thursday from Florida? Uh, well, that's, that's kind of the thing is you're not going to see a whole lot of new faces. Um, you're going to see a bigger role with some faces that were there last year. Um, Trey Mann will more than likely start. He was a backup point guard for Florida last year. He will more than likely start and play a really big role. Um, he was the other McDonald's All-American that came in last year along with Scotty Lewis. Scotty Lewis will play a much bigger role offensively. He was already the best defender on the team last year. And um, he will be he will play a much bigger uh, offensive role this year. Keontae Johnson is the best offensive player on the team. He'll be possibly the best player overall on the team, I think. Um, uh, Quez Glover should play a much more expanded role. He was a true freshman last year. He was one of the backup point guards. He was really a tempo guy last year, but I think they'll count on him more. Um, really, the the biggest new faces you might see are uh, Florida brought in a transfer big man from Michigan, Colin Castleton. Um, Florida has really, really struggled in its front court the last couple of years. Um, they've struggled with a lot of physicality down low. They've struggled to get rebounds. Um, they've struggled to score points near the basket. They struggle to draw fouls. So Colin Castleton, you might see, you really don't know what he's going to give you yet because he didn't play a whole lot at Michigan for whatever reason. Um, And then you'll also see Tyree Appleby, uh, a Juco transfer from Cleveland State. So those two guys are really the only new faces. Um, I think the biggest uh, newness you'll see is faces you've already seen, you'll just see more of them. So going into the season, you know, Florida is a team that expects tournament every year. And in there, they're going to want to battle Kentucky for that, the SEC championship. Are expectations that high for this year or, or have uh, Florida, have the Florida faithful kind of laid back a little bit in terms of what they're expecting, given what's going on in the world? Um, I'll be honest with you, AJ, it's significantly laid back from last year. Um, and that I don't think that means that Florida thinks that Florida fans think they're going to have a terrible team. Um, but I do think that Mike White has had a couple years now where headed into the season, there were really lofty expectations and Florida fans really expected something great and they didn't get that. And they, they got average and oftentimes below average. So, and, and again, you're, you're dealing with, um, in, in this in this frame, I'd say similar to Boston College, you're, you're dealing with a fan base that, you know, they, they like basketball, but it's not it's not a priority. It's not a priority on campus. You know, it's not Duke. It's not Carolina. It's not right. Kansas. So so if, if the basketball team isn't winning consistently and really making noise, unfortunately, you get an apathetic fan base. Yep. So so this year, to be honest with you, it's just been kind of hard to get a gauge on on the fan base, because honestly, the biggest thing is it just seems like they don't really care now. Does that now that said, if Florida in the first 10 games goes nine and one and they look really, really good, then I think you'll have everybody all in again. Um, it, but it's just, you know, Mike White's been been at Florida for a long time now and uh, really has only had one season of really good success to show for it when they went to the Elite Eight 
Um, I don't know if you remember, that was when Chris Chioza hit the buzzer beater against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a whole lot of fun, but that was his second season. Yep. That was like four, four years ago now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I was a freshman in college when that game got played. I'm, I'm about to graduate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, it, it's just been a while, you know? And, and, and w- again, with a program like Florida, Florida, you're so used to football success that a couple of years of basketball uh, disappointment, you're going to get an apathetic fan base. I got to tell you, you're making me feel old because, you know, as someone who's followed Boston College and I'm a Boston College grad, the last time Boston College was relevant in basketball, I think it was 2008. And that was the year that we lost to Villanova in the Sweet 16. And we're going to head on to face, I think it was Al Horford and Joe Kim Noah's team. Yeah. Winning it all. Oh, yeah. In the Elite Eight. They were in, everyone had that game pegged out because BC was pretty good at that point. Um, and BC ended up losing in overtime to Villanova. But, that was moons ago for Boston College, um, but since, oh yeah, but since I think that, I was in fifth grade. <laughs> I'm aging myself, and hopefully my audience is uh, not figuring out how old I am. Uh, but thank you, so, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Graham. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, so yeah, on on Twitter, I am uh, at Graham Marsh UF. Um, my email is gmarsh at alligator.org. I also write for the, the student newspaper, the Independent Florida Alligator. So uh, those, those are really two of my, two of my social findings. Um, all, of, all of my stuff uh, will always be posted on Twitter. I post everything on Twitter. So uh, pretty much follow me at GrandMarshUF on Twitter. You'll get basically everything I do. And is, uh, is the Gators football team going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, with with a fully healthy roster and the best defensive game of the entire season, yes. Any other scenario, no. Okay. <laughs> well, great. Oh my! Oh my goodness! That that offense is unbelievable. Well, uh, Alabama's offense and Florida's offense. So I mean, uh, what I do know is the final score will be about eighty-two to seventy-five. So. <laughs> well, Graham, thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk to Eric Hofsis on a couple different things. He's going to give us a preview of the UVA game where he sits and kind of thinks about the game itself. And I know he always comes in with, you know, stacks of stats and and updates of what he thinks about the game. So you're not going to want to miss that. And I'm going to also talk to him about BC men's basketball because Eric always has an opinion on that team. And it may be different than the one you have, but I'm dying to hear what he's thinking about BC basketball after the first three games. So you're not going to want to check. You're going to want to check that out. That's coming out on Thursday. So our final segment, we're going to talk about Phil Dracovic because on Saturday, as we saw, he had a knee injury. The MRI came back uh, fine. It looked okay. And Jeff Halfley in his press conference on Tuesday said things are looking good and that he's hopeful Djokovic will play on Saturday. Now, I love Jeff Halfley. I'm a big proponent of the way he runs this program as a former BC fan and now a journalist who covers them. I think he's doing everything the right way. However, he's a coach and sometimes coach have coach speak. And this is one of those moments where I have to look at the game and go, hmm. Is he being on the up and up? I go back to what he said to us about Deion Jones, you know, and Travis Levy when they were both hurt early in the year. He said basically the same thing. So I don't read too much into how hopeful or uh, honestly if Djokovic's going to play on Saturday or not because Jeff Halfley is always effusive. And you know what? He has every right to be because what he's doing 
he doesn't owe us anything in terms of telling us what's going on with his quarterback. If he tells us, hey, Phil Dracovic is playing on Saturday, that gives UVA the opportunity to scout Dracovic. But if he doesn't, and he says, I don't, you know, I'm hopeful, or he's very, he's very vague about it. Now UVA has to be, um, they have to 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 scout Dracovic and Dennis Grossell. So there's a strategic advantage for uh, Halfley to be vague about that, and I don't blame him for it. It's the same reason why he never told us about Dracovic's injury in the first place, in the first time he got hurt against Clemson, because. If Syracuse or Notre Dame knew that his shoulder had been separated in that game, they could have focused on hitting him to make sure that they knocked him out of the game. You know, it's a dirty thing, but that's what football's about. You want to get your advantage. And knowing that, they would have done something, and it could have made things worse for Jakovic. So he was smart to not tell the media. And I think he might be doing the same thing with this, and I don't blame him for it. And he's doing the same thing with David Bailey. David Bailey, we don't know if he's going to play on Saturday or not. Both guys could be. Both guys could not be. But we're going to have to wait. And honestly, I think BC will be fine with either quarterback. I'm a big Dennis Grossell fan. I don't think he'll be the everyday starter ever here at Boston College. But I wouldn't blame him if he, after the season, ended up going to start at a you know a G5 school. Because I think he has the he could go to a school like, oh, I don't know, you know, like a Mac school and be the, the, the guy on campus there because he's a good, he's a good quarterback for, for a lesser, like a school like that. He has all the intangibles you want. He's a winner. You know, he looks like a guy that just wants to go out there and do all the right things. And so I think if he plays for Boston college on Saturday, Hey, I think BC might be in good shape and you know, they just have to run their offense and he's got the weapons around him. He's got the game plan now to win. So if you were to ask me today, will Phil Dracovic start on Saturday? I don't know. I, if I was a betting man, I'm going to say yes. I think that we've already seen if Jeff Halfley will throw him out there with a separated shoulder. If the knee injury isn't bad enough to just knock him out, you know, like a flat out in terms of the injury report, I got a feeling he's going to be out there. I feel like Jeff Halfley will, will figure out a way to get him out there. And if he thinks that it's not going to be a game where he can, you know, move the ball around, maybe he's not moving in terms of being a mobile quarterback. Maybe he's staying in the pocket more, which is a wor- a little bit of a wor- worry because that's Djokovic's style. And if you take that away from him, you're drastically shifting the game he plays. But I think he's going to play. I think that, you know, it's the last game of the season. He's battled through some things and he's brought the team to this point. And I think Halfley's going to reward him and let him play on Saturday. But we'll have to see. You know, we'll talk to Halfley again uh, later this week and we'll see if we get another update. And hopefully it'll be better than it's hopeful. But at that point, this point, that's what we're at. There is more Jakovic news out today as well, as he was named to the Davy O'Brien quarterback class of 2020 which is a pretty great accomplishment for a first-year quarterback. Now, the Davey O'Brien Award goes to the top quarterback in the country. Djokovic's not going to win that this year, but it's only his first year as a starter. You, you'll probably see someone like you know, Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones win that. But for the first year to be in that group, that's impressive. And you know he's going to have to be voted in, I think, to make the final 16, so... If you go to check out the Davey O'Brien Award Twitter page, you can vote for Djokovic. 
I'd recommend going over there to do that. Um, but just think about how far Boston College's passing game has gone in the span of a year. In three less games, Boston College has thrown for 2,600 yards, and they've thrown for 20 touchdowns, which is a little bit lower than what they had in touchdown passes last year. But again, it's three less games. And on top of that, you don't have the cream puff games. Today. You don't have the Richmond. You don't have the the Rutgers from last year. You played ten, nine games against ACC opponents and one against Texas State. BC's offense has improved dramatically from last year. I can't even explain. I mean, you guys have watched it. It's not like I'm preaching to someone who hasn't watched them. But to have Dave uh, Phil Dracovic get into the Davey O'Brien talk already in his first year just shows how much Frank Signetti and Jeff uh, Halfley have gotten that offense into a new system and got them to do it so quickly. Next year, Dracovic's back. You have Hunter Long could be back. We don't know that yet. Zay Flowers will be back. Kobe White will be back. You'll have C.J. Lewis back. Jelani Galloway. You'll have J- um, Jalen Gill. You're going to have all of these weapons back. So things are only going to go up from here. And if this offense goes up to another level and the defense can continue to build or at least get you know up a, a notch, this is easily a top 25 team next year. And so that's where we're going to leave this off. Tomorrow, we'll talk to Eric Hofsis about UVA. We're going to talk more about um, BC basketball, and we'll wrap up our, our conversation getting into that game. So this is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. You can follow this uh, podcast at Locked On BC. Please feel free to email me at Boston College, uh, Boston College SI at gmail.com. I'm always looking to you know answer questions or anything like that. And if you have not done so already, I know a bunch of you guys have already done it. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you could go over there and give us a five-star review, it would be a huge help for us uh, in building this podcast because people get to know, they find us easier when we have more um, reviews and um, ratings. So give us a five-star. Tell us that you love it, that Boston College talk is great. And it would be a huge help. And I would thank you so much. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. Hope you and your family are well. Take care and we'll talk to you soon.